Hey y'all, welcome to episode 20 of Words of Grace podcast. I'm your host, as always, Beth Vecina. Uh, I apologize for missing uh, posting an episode last week. Uh, with the Labor Day holiday, I which is really busy. Um, it was a great weekend. I uh, got a lot done and saw a lot of friends. So I just did not have the time to be able to put forth the effort into these lessons that I wanted to. So I didn't post last week. But this week, I'm going to post um, an episode that's a little bit longer because I'm going to combine two um, lessons in our mini-series into one. I did receive some... Um, positive messages from some of y'all who really appreciated um, the in-between lesson that we did regarding um, being strong and courageous as we face um, different challenges and um, new adventures. So I'm so glad that that was helpful to you all and um, I hope that um, all those who are in school right now and making big changes that you're continuing to um, have that those thoughts in your mind and that this year ahead goes well for you all. So just wanted to shout out to those who uh, had nice things to say. Really appreciate it. So we're returning to our mini series on first Corinthians chapter 13 and, um, talking about the, what love is and what it isn't. So, um, Hopefully that these first two lessons in that regard will be helpful um, and set the groundwork for um, where we want to go with this mini-series. So um, without further ado, let's get started. Kindness doesn't give in easily. Love keeps acting kindly long after others would have started behaving unkindly. That is a quote from Gary Henry. So often the idea of kindness and jealousy are related to each other in the sense that one who is jealous is challenged when it comes to behaving kindly and lovingly. One whose heart is set on loving kindness, however, extends it to others regardless of the circumstances. We can see these traits played out vividly in King Saul and King David. Where Saul harbors a jealous character, David exemplifies true kindness. The story unfolds in 1 Samuel. As I go through the story, try to see if you see yourself in either of these men. So in 1 Samuel, King Saul is king of Israel, and he becomes disobedient to God and loses his kingship. At that time, Samuel secretly anoints young David as king to take the throne at a later date. David grows into a great warrior, and Jonathan, Saul's son, becomes enamored with him. They seal their friendship with the covenant by exchanging garments. This exchange signifies their sameness. In putting on Jonathan's robe, it is essentially saying to David, You are the same as me. You are part of Saul's family, the royal family. This covenant plays an important role in the story. But first, notice how Jonathan had every right to show jealousy towards David because he would be taking his rightful place on the throne. Jonathan instead loves David as his own soul and welcomes his kinship with great kindness. Meanwhile, in a later chapter, when David returns from war to the accolades of the people, jealousy enters into the heart of the king, and his jealous rules his jealousy rules him to go so far as to try and kill David. 
Saul is so consumed that he even gives David his own daughter in marriage, all in an effort to kill David. Jonathan continues to show kindness to David and interferes on his, to his father on David's behalf, but to no avail. So with Jonathan, Jonathan's help, David eventually flees for his life and runs from Saul's jealous wrath. Saul's extreme jealousy results in negative action towards David, but David's strength under control results in true kindness towards Saul. Two times David has the opportunity to avenge himself and kill King Saul, but he refuses to do so because David exercises love. He overcame Saul's evils with good, a fact that Saul himself recognizes. For in 1 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 17, he says to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. David continued to show kindness, mercy, and an open heart toward the king long after others would have behaved unkindly. That, however, is not the end of David's kindness. Long after the death of Saul and his sons, in 2 Samuel chapter 9, King David inquires about the descendants of Saul. He discovers that Jonathan's impoverished, crippled son is the only living relative. Reflecting on his covenant with Jonathan made back in 1 Samuel, King David takes the crippled boy as his own, signifying their sameness. He is saying to him, You are the same as me. You are a member of my household, a member of the royal family. And what a great reminder that is of what God does for us. Hasn't he also taken us in our impoverished, crippled state and made us a child of the king? What a wonderful example by King David of a love that is kind and not jealous. No wonder he's considered a man after God's own heart. So let's strive to be like David and practice kindness long after the point where unkindness begins to set in. I just want to take a moment to say how much I love these beautiful examples that God supplies for us in his word. These little nuggets sprinkled throughout the pages. It's just so encouraging to go through stories of the Old Testament and see all throughout the scriptures pictures of godly love. I hope you also find this encouraging because for the next couple of minutes, I'm going to go back to the Old Testament again to see what it can tell us about how love is not being boastful and arrogant. So before I get started with that, I just want to share some thoughts about being boastful that my aunt sent to me. This is what she wrote. My mother taught me to never brag on myself. It's just bad manners. But sometimes I feel as if I don't compliment myself, I will never receive any compliments. I live with two boys, one man, and care for an elderly father. My husband has three brothers, and my widowed brother-in-law is very much a part of our family. To say that I am surrounded by testosterone is an understatement. Although having strong men around can have its benefits, sometimes I miss the touchy-feely emotions of women, especially the compliments that go with them. So I can definitely relate to that in some ways. Uh, my love language, as I have discussed before, is words of affirmation. So I definitely understand how nice it feels to be built up and encouraged, even if that means that I have to build up myself sometimes. But I get on the surface that complimenting ourselves may seem arrogant. But the biblical idea of arrogance and boastfulness is inflating ourselves to where we think beyond our own character. We think more of ourselves than we should. We become puffed up and prideful. In some cases, the creation becomes equal to, or greater, 
the Creator, or so we think. So, going back to the Old Testament, I think King Nebuchadnezzar is the best example of someone thinking beyond himself. Daniel records the king's obsession with himself in Daniel chapters 2 through 4. In those chapters, Daniel interprets the king's dream regarding the doom of his kingdom. In an effort to prevent the tragic fall, the king constructs a giant golden statue of himself for all to worship. Daniel's friends refused to do so and were thrown into the fiery furnace. What was Nebuchadnezzar's response to those who refused worship? And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? That is found in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 15. What an arrogant and boastful statement. Nebuchadnezzar is putting his power and might above God. When I read statements from men like that, I wonder about the men today. Are we careful about giving God the credit due him? Because we see later on in Nebuchadnezzar's story that there are consequences for not humbly recognizing our place in relation to God's. Later in the book of Daniel, the king is walking on his roof, looking over his kingdom, and Nebuchadnezzar's boastfulness once again turns into pride. He says in Daniel chapter 4 and verse 30, Is not this Babylon great which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty. While the words were still in his mouth, the king found himself roaming in a field, unkempt, and eating vegetation from the ground like an animal. As the king's ruin quickly becomes reality, God reminds us, Nebuchadnezzar, reminds Nebuchadnezzar that he is the creation and the Almighty is the creator. How humbling this sight is, and a good reminder to us about where our trust should be. But the conclusion of the story is a great picture of what humility in the sight of our Creator looks like. Daniel chapter 4 and verse 34 reads, At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him. It wasn't until Nebuchadnezzar lost everything, even his mind, that he humbled himself before God and accepted his rule over his life. What a powerful way to learn a lesson. I pray that we will all walk humbly before God and practice humility through love. Let our behavior reflect the people that we need to be, even if that means we do have to compliment ourselves from time to time. So yeah, that is all I have for today's lessons. Um, it's just a little bit longer than usual, but I hope that these two stories from the Old Testament um, help us to focus on ourselves and how we should behave and show love because as First Corinthians um, defines it, love is humble, it is not boastful, and it is kind. Um, even when it is really, really hard to show that kindness. Um, so yeah, I just hope that these two stories um, that we chose today um, are really helpful reminders to us all. Um, so that's all I have for this week. And um, tune in next week as we continue looking at um, examples and um stories from the Bible that help us further define what love is as described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, if you would like to keep up to date with new episodes, um, feel free to follow us on Facebook 
We have a Facebook group there. You can search Words of Grace Podcast and um, like our page. And you can also use that space to send us any questions, any verses you might have, um, or any just positive feedback. We love to hear from you guys. So um, don't be shy or afraid because I would love to um, talk to you about God's Word. So um, I hope everyone has a good week and continues to practice these things that we discussed today. Um, See you next week and have a great day.